female folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's going on. He ripped her face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. I have an update on the uh, ongoing situation with my pet cat. Uh, as some of you know, my girlfriend who moved in with me has uh, a cat named Birdie. Um, and uh, we have a somewhat tumultuous relationship. Uh, recently, things have been really good. You know, she's been very cute, very snuggly. Um, but last night, my my partner was not here. She was in um, Sydney for for a party or something. And uh, the cat came up and slept on me. It was great. It was beautiful. It was lovely. Uh, then I had to go. <laughs> I had to get up because I thought I was going to vomit because I was a little bit drunk. Um, and then when I came back in, you know, I like tried to get back under the covers, and the cat ran off. And that that's that's fine. That's normal. So then about like five minutes later, I'm like lying on my side and I feel like like I <laughs> I hear something next to my ear and the cat is, has climbed up onto the bed right next to my head and she doesn't do that she never does that and then um so I like kind of like really slowly roll over and it was like a horror movie it just hissed I just see this gaping hissing mouth and she fucking like baps me with her little claws um on the face and on the arm so I like kind of made like an out noise like a really embarrassing howl at like 3am and I hope the neighbors didn't hear me um yeah, that's basically the story. And now the cat's following me around today, all weird. I don't know if she's like, she wants forgiveness for her ill behavior last night or if she wants to finish the job. But um, that's kind of what I'm dealing with. How are you? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome back to Man It is the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals, whether it's biting, scratchings, maulings, or clawings. We're here to talk about it. And today, we're having a bit of a relaxed fit episode, a little bit of a, a chilled out episode. We're going to look at um, some of the news articles. We're going to do a we're going to do a scratch of the day episode, or as someone um, suggested, we should call these episodes a Zoo News an episode because we're talking about animals. Zoo news. I don't know if that's good. Um, I kind of like it. Well, it doesn't need to have a name. Not everything needs a label, guys. Just be you. Just be your goddamn self and I'll be my goddamn self. And this podcast will be its goddamn pod self. It'll be its pod self. What does that even mean? Uh, anyway... <laughs> I'm sleepy and a little hungover. Today we're going to go through some news articles involving animal attacks, animal-human confrontation, um, basically anything that a little cuddly, hairy, berry friends have been getting up to. There have been quite a few animal attacks in the news recently, um, so we're just going to sort of jump into those uh, in a moment. Before we do that, has everyone been checking out threads? Has uh, <laughs> Twitter has a new baby cousin, and it's weird. Um I didn't even know it was coming out. Instagram just told me, hey, download this thing. And I did because I'm a good little boy for Zuck. Uh, and yeah, I have a little t uh, Twitter 2.0 on my phone now. I um, I kind of missed the boat with Twitter the first time. Um, Twitter, I don't know if it's just my my uh, social circles or um, you know my region. Twitter's not as big as it, well, as it is in um, America, as it is in Australia. Um yeah, Australians, I know that, like, a lot of Australians do use Twitter or did use Twitter, um, but, like, in where I'm from, uh, I don't really know anyone who used who use Twitter. I kind of tried to get into it, you know, back in the day, but I felt like I'd missed the boat and I was kind of just shouting into the void. Um, but with threads, you know, I, I'm a relatively <laughs> early adapter. I'm in the first, like, what, 300,000 downloads or something like that, or three, or 3 million downloads? I don't know. There's, like, a bunch of people on there now, um, but yeah, if you're if you're interested, um, I do have threads. It's the same as my Instagram at Jimothy Chaps. So if you're on threads, uh, give us a follow and we'll have a little lol. I also posted the first photo of a sloth bear on on um, threads in history. That's a big achievement. I realized that first day you could, if you did anything on that website, you were basically the first person to do that. Um, I, I couldn't think of anything more um, interesting than a sloth bear, so I just posted that. So you can go check that out um, at Jimothy Chaps on threads and on Instagram. And uh, yeah, let's let's just jump right into our news stories today. Uh, let's have a look here. Okay, so this is a um, bit of a sad one. Um, this is very recently. Um, a Florida boy who was six was fatally mauled by dogs on the 4th of July. Um, experts say fireworks may have spooked the pet. We know that dog attacks are, uh, you know, very problematic and, uh, you know, very frequent uh, all over the world. But in the United States, uh, quite a lot. We did a whole series on fatal dog attacks. 
attacks. And unfortunately, this boy um, has just become the most recent um, member of that list. So we're going to read through the news article. Um, this is from the New York Post, by the way. Um, had a lot of people saying you should credit the uh, the writers or the reporters. Um, and I will try to do that whenever I can. That's a good point. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I forget. The reporter for this story's name is Olivia Land. So, Olivia, thank you from the New York, New York Post. Uh, we will read what's happened. A six-year-old Florida boy has died after being attacked by his family's dog on the 4th of July. And experts say since the pet had no history of aggression, it's possible that it was spooked by fireworks. The child, whose name has not been released, was at the North Port, what is, sorry, was at his Northport home on Tuesday when he entered a bedroom and the dog, a three-year-old pit bull mix, bit him on the cheek and the head. Yeah, I was waiting for that pit bull drop. The dog was in a bedroom. The child walked into the bedroom to get something. Next thing you know, people heard screaming and they jumped into action. Northport police spokesperson Josh Taylor said wink. W-I-N-K. Uh, that must be the news station around there. The boy was initially airlifted to Sarasota Memorial Hospital before being transferred to Tampa General, where he later succumbed to his injuries, the outlet said. The boy and the dog lived in the same home, and the animal did not have any past episodes of aggression, the Sarasota Herald Tri uh, Tribune reported. Patrick Logue, master dog trainer and behavioral therapist at Barkbusters Home Dog Training, said it is a possibility that the animal acted out of fear of the holiday fireworks. When dogs are in distress, when they're adrenalized, that's never a good combination, Logue told WINK. When you add kids into the mix, kids bring their own stress, as any parent will tell you, and their own sense of chaos. And it is a bad situation, especially when kids are unsupervised with dogs. Police say they haven't been able to confirm the dog was spooked by fireworks. But Michael Grolu of the Suncoast Humane Society also agreed the dog may have been in distress. Things are happening in the environment that are stressing the dog out, and the dog can't tell you or show you what's wrong, so the dog is going to use its mouth, and that's the apex of the situation where something bad is going to happen. Grolu told Click Orlando. The dog involved has been taken into custody by Sarasota County Animal Services. Okay, so uh, fairly typical um, dog attack story, um, which, you know, we have covered these a lot in the past. Nothing really stands out. Um, you know, police, yeah, they're unable to, um, to confirm that fireworks were the cause. Um, and I think... Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's it's super possible that it's the cause. I think any any loud noises uh, that are not, you know, that are foreign to the dog will uh, will yeah exacerbate a situation. Um, but you know, unfortunately, um, yeah, it says like because there was no um, uh, no history of aggression from the dog, that it must have been something out of nowhere, like the fireworks. Um, unfortunately, that's just not what the data seems to kind of like suggest. Um, there are so many stories of of these dogs particularly pit bulls and pit bull mixes um, that, that show no history of aggression and then out of nowhere they just, something snaps in them and they attack. Um, th there's so many stories of that and it usually happens on children or older people. Um, so I don't buy that just because there's no uh, history of aggression that it has to be something like the fireworks. I have a feeling that the, um, you know, at adding the fireworks on makes it kind of like a 4th, 4th of July news story. Um, and that's probably, you know, why they're talking about it like this. But unfortunately, no, I don't, I, I don't know if that's the cause. Um, unfortunately, these dogs are just, um, they're just dangerous. I know there are pit bull advocates out there uh, who have these dogs and say, you know, I've never had an issue. It's the sweetest animal in the world. And I believe them. All right. I, I do believe them that that individual dog, but it happens so frequently that you have to just, you have to really think, is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Especially if you have a three-year-old in your house. Um, it's just very, it's just very sad. Um, yeah. It's yeah. A really sad, sad day. Fourth of July. I know you, you Americans love that. It's, it's a day to celebrate. Have some hot dogs, and um, I, I, I don't know what else you do. Do you like? What do you do? You raid the Capitol building. What do you guys do on July? Well, it's January sixth. I'm thinking. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love teasing you Americans, but you're you're all very lovely people. 
most of you are very lovely people. Um, I actually, I, like, mo yeah, I'd say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to double down on that. Most of you are very good people. I was about to say something like cocky, like, well, half of you are really good. No, you know what? I reckon all, like, most of you are really good, and there's just a few bad eggs. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of what it's like with the pit bulls, too. Most of them probably are very nice, but there's a few bad eggs, and they, um, unfortunately, yeah, I, I don't think they make it worth the risk. In Australia, in a lot of places, including Australia, um, or at least the state that I live in, New South Wales, you can't own a pit bull. It's a illegal to have it's an illegal dog species you're not supposed to have them um for this reason so that's that's obviously very sad um and obviously our thoughts uh with the family of that uh small boy who died in florida uh okay let's move on to our next story this is uh we're moving from florida up the coast uh into canada actually the other coast we're going to the uh was at the west coast uh nearly of uh, canada a bear attack in british columbia hospitalizes a 21 year old tree planter um CNN reports this. Uh, Dave Alsop from CNN has uh, published this on July 8th of 2023. So quite recently. Um, they've provided a very good map at the beginning of this article, um, which shows, yeah, the approximate location of the bear attack. I don't know um, Canadian geography very well. It's in British Columbia. It looks like it's equidistant between like Edmonton and uh, where is it? Like Kitmat, like right right in the middle of those, just a little bit north. Um, Prince George seems to be like a close town. I don't know any of these places. Um, I'll zoom in a little bit. Oh yeah, it looks like it's at the um, Tumblr Ridge. Well, I mean, look, we'll read the article and I'm sure it'll it'll tell us. So CNN reports, a 21-year-old tree planter is recovering after a bear attack in northern British Columbia on Thursday, according to the province's conservation officer service. The woman was seriously injured and remains hospitalized in a stable condition, the service said in a social media post. At this time, conservation officers do not have conclusive physical evidence, but believe the attack involved a grizzly bear, the post states. The incident occurred near Tumblr Ridge, yep, southwest of Bearhole Lake Provincial Park in the northeast portion of the province. The woman was planting trees around 3 p.m. local time when she was confronted by a bear, according to the service. The bear first bluff-charged the victim and retreated to a nearby roadway where the bear attacked, the post states. The bear eventually disengaged and ran off. A co-worker came to her aid and called for help. Conservation officers believe the risk to public safety in the area is still low and not undertaking any trapping efforts. The service said, in part because of the defensive nature of the attack and the remote proximity of the location. Precautions against bear attacks, uh, such as carrying bear spray and traveling in groups, is encouraged, the service says. There you go. Okay, well, it's not a... a as fatal an ending as our previous story. Um, I hope this woman's okay. Did I, I don't think they gave her name, did they? She was just a, a tree planter. Well, I hope she recovers well. I'm, I'm interested. Um, bluff charge. I've heard of that before. Is that when the, the bear kind of like, it'll it'll like run at you, but it's not going to actually attack you. It kind of stops if you don't move. Let's, let's have a Google. Bluff charge. Um, let's have a look here. Okay. North American Bear Center. That looks like a good source. How dangerous are bluff charges? I know in Red Dead Redemption 2, if you've played that game, I recently discovered that, like, if you get charged by a grizzly and you just stand there, if you don't touch the controller, if you just stand your ground, it'll, like, <clears throat> it'll, it'll, I think it's a bluff charge. I think it just, like, stops charging at you, which is very, very cool. Um, so I'm just reading this article. How dangerous are bluff charges? Stories of bears rushing at people are rare, but they do happen. These bears, uh, these are bears that make the news. They are usually... Uh, aggressive bears that create stories of narrow escapes. The stories typically involve a mother with cubs in someone's yard uh, for bird seed or garbage, putting her ears behind her back and rushing at someone who barely makes it into the back door. No one is hurt, but it creates fear. Uh, let's watch a little video of a, of a bluff charge. Let's see if this works. Um, okay. Oh, a beautiful summer of 19 <clears throat> 1987. Old... 812 is three years old. She's lean and hungry, trying to make milk for her cubs. I'm reading the subtitles of the video. Oh, they're so cute. Look at the little cubs. Little bears. Um, it's a black bear, by the way. She knows there is food here. The black bear is looking around. Um, oh, her ears are out. Ooh, they've got big ears. They're very cute. She's nervous about people, but she doesn't want to leave. Can I just skip forward to this bluff charge, please? Why am I hearing this bear's day-to-day -day schedule? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, she bluff charges many, so she runs up and she stops. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. 
Yeah, she basically just charges at you and, and then doesn't follow through. Um, okay, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, it sounds like it was a, it's a defensive move, maneuver, which means that this was a, unfortunately like an, a defensive attack on the 21-year-old in Canada. Um, yeah, hope she's well. I know we have some Canadian listeners um, <clears throat> potentially in British Columbia as well. So if uh, if you're in that region, um, let me know if you heard the news of this uh, attack and if you have any extra information. The CNN report is uh, sparse with with detail, okay? Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll move on. Um, I've always, oh man, just before we move on, I love North American place names. <clears throat> They're much better than Australian place names. Um, Australian place names, you either have like um, an indigenous name, which I like, or like it's named after some stuffy old like white dude who came here on a boat. Um, you know, I, I like the uh, the indigenous names, but something about the American place name sounds so beautiful. Like I was saying this the other day, Salt Lake City or Little Rock, Arkansas, or, um, you know, Grand Rapids, just like they, they sound so like rooted in nature. I love that. And, uh, what makes me think about, yeah, Tumblr Ridge and, uh, what was it called? There was one in here. Um, Oh, uh, Bear Hole Lake. I love that. I just love it. Bear Hole Lake. It does make me kind of think of a bear's, uh, cloaca a little bit, but, uh, Hey, Oh, wow. There's a place called Dawson's Creek above Tumblr Ridge. I'm sorry. Now, I'm just like, this is just a podcast now where I look at maps, apparently. Um, yeah. I wonder if anyone of our, any of our listeners live in Dawson Creek. I'm looking at it on a map right now. It's, well, it looks like a very small town. If you live in Dawson Creek on the Spirit River Highway, <laughs> send, me a, send me a message and I'll give you some free stuff. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on. This is another interesting story here. Um, live science reports this one. Um, this is about a man who was attacked by shark. Um, he thought he was dead and then dolphin saved his life. Uh, uh, interesting story. Let's see if this is a Disney story uh, waiting to be adapted. <clears throat> Headline reads, I knew it was circling me. Man attacked by shark was waiting to die. And then the dolphin saved his life. Nat Geo Shark Fest episode focuses on stories of whales and dolphins saving people from sharks. But are they really trying to protect us? Oh, uh, the article is written by Hannah Osborne. Um, Yes, on LiveScience.com. Check them out. Martin Richardson was swimming in the Red Sea in Egypt when he was attacked by a mako shark. He was bitten approximately five times and was waiting to die when something unusual happened. There was no reason for the shark to stop, he said, in a Save from a Shark, a new show from National Geographic. I had lost approximately five pints, 2.8 liters, of blood. You only have 4.5 to 5 liters in your body. That's, that's a lot. Wow, that's half his blood. I was waiting for a feeding frenzy. I knew it was circling me. I turned away and looked at the mountains. I'd given up. At this moment, a group of dolphins appeared just behind Richardson and the attack stopped. He was then pulled onto a boat that had been racing to get to him before the sharks did, and he was rushed to hospital where he needed more than 300 stitches. I firmly believed those dolphins saved my life, he said. So the question is, do whales and dolphins actually protect humans from sharks? Saved from a shark, part of Nat Geo's Shark Fest, looks closely at four cases where people were seemingly protected from the predators in the water. Being saved by another animal is certainly a very romantic notion, Tom Hurd, a marine biologist and shark conservationist, said in the program, but it's not so clear that that's what's actually happening in most cases. I thought so. Dolphins are jerks. I've always said that. Mike Heathouse... Heithaus, professor, uh, it's like a German name, Heithaus, uh, professor in the Department of Biological Services at the Florida International University, said it's unlikely dolphins were intentionally saving Richardson's life. The dolphins see a big cloud of blood. They know a shark is in the area. And if they had young, they'd want to scare the shark away from the young. They may not have been trying to save Martin, he said in the show. Another case explored in the film, Nan Hauser, director of the Cook Islands Whale Research, revisited the moment in 2017 when a humpback whale was diving uh, with her, sorry, she was diving with, saved her from a huge tiger shark that was stalking her. In footage shot in the encounter, Hauser is approached by the whale, pushed and then lifted onto its snout. Wow, that's beautiful. The whale is looking at me and I know he's got something to tell me, she said in the program. I do not understand it. He wants me to understand. I look down into the blue and then I see the tiger shark right below me. Yeah, these people really like, they're very romantic about animals, but I don't know. I know, and the whale knows, this is a serious situation and I want to get out of the water. All of a sudden, I was swooped up by the whale. Now he's got me right in the front of his face. The footage captured shows the whale engaging in behavior similar to what it would do to protect a calf, Hidehouse said. 
However, Hidehouse said, The most unusual case of this was when a group of lifeguards swimming off the coast of New Zealand were encircled by a group of dolphins. Unbeknownst to the group, a great white shark was stalking them. I'm used to, Oh, this is an... Uh, let's do a Kiwi accent. I'm used to having dolphins swimming alongside me, but this was totally different. <laughs> Such a bad New Zealand accent. I can do one. There's just no words in that sentence that... Do the, the lock-in phrase for for New Zealand is uh, I'll, I'll put the fush and chips on the disc. <laughs> There's nothing in there. I'm used to having dolphins swimming alongside me. That's the same as an Australian accent there. Um, <laughs> I got saved by one of these angry fish. An angry fish was trying to eat my bum, and so I, <laughs> a dolphin saved me. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Last episode, I got told from um, one of our Floridian listeners to not attempt a fucking Florida accent ever again, and I'm sure we're going to get a Kiwi um, very angry at what I've just done. Whatever. Go thick yourself, um, you duckhead. <laughs> Rob Howes, one of the lifeguards in the water, said in the program, one of the larger male dolphins charged towards him, and then he realized it was targeting the approaching shark. Every Everything, everything built to a bug crescendo. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Then everything went calm. The shark, the shark, the shark disappeared very quickly. <laughs> it was very bizarre. <laughs> Heidhouse said, in most cases, whales and dolphins are probably not protecting humans for altruistic reasons. More likely, they are trying to protect themselves or their young. But with the lifeguards in New Zealand, this is the one case where it really seemed like the dolphins were protecting people, he told Live Science in an email. Uh, Save from a Shark premieres on Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and National Geographic on July 2nd. Check it out on uh, SharkFest 2023 guide if you want to uh, catch up on all the shark-centric shows dropping in July. There you go. What an interesting um, what an interesting article and what a great opportunity for me to butcher a Kiwi accent. Don't do the X in again, duckhead. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have fun. I have fun. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I, you know, it's very unlikely to me that any animal does anything for altruistic reasons, unless it's like a, a pet that actually loves you. Um, that is possible. I mean, that story of the New Zealanders, um, the New Zealand lifeguards who were saved by those uh, that pot of dolphins. That's, I mean, that's you know, that's fairly compelling evidence. The woman who's like, oh, I was telepathically talking with a whale and it saved me. Like, maybe she's giving the whale a bit more credit than uh, than she needs. It's also the kind of thing where if you're in a um, adrenalized situation where it's life and death, you know there's a shark coming for you, uh, and subconsciously you know, I need to get out of the water, well maybe that's making your body do things that are going to get out of the water, including maybe climbing onto a whale's face, and maybe when you climb onto the whale's face, the whale moves up and it, it appears like it's taking you out of the water or something like that, I, I don't I don't know I don't know, but let's, let's move on this story's a little bit um, less recent than some of the others. This is from 2022, but I don't think I've covered it on the show before. And it's a very classic um, man-eater story. Uh, a tiger that killed at least nine people known as the man-eater of Champaran was shot dead in India. This is from uh, ABC News, written by Andrew Thorpe, uh, which was posted, yeah, October 10th, 2022. So a while ago, but it's worth reading as well because, uh, you know, big cat attacks, that's our bread and butter, baby. Okay, let's read this article. A tiger that had become known as the man-eater of Champaran after killing at least nine residents of an Indian village this year has been shot dead in a police operation involving more than 200 people. It happened on Saturday, just a day after the National Tiger Conservation Authority granted police permission to take lethal action following an increase in fatal attacks last week. The tiger, a three-year-old male Bengal, officially known as T-104, had been living in a forest in a sugarcane field near a village in the West Champaran, a district in the northeastern state of Bihar. Uh, its first confirmed attack on a human took place in May, but it had recently begun to attack the village more frequently, with local media reporting it had dragged a 12-year-old girl from her bed on Wednesday night. It also killed a 35-year-old widow and her young son on Saturday morning. The official hunt for the tiger began several weeks ago, with attempts to tranquilize it proving unsuccessful, and police being criticized by villagers for failing to keep them safe. However, Saturday's operation was a larger and more coordinated involving eight shooters, about 200 Forest Service officials and locals to keep to keen to help. 
Two teams of police, some riding on elephants, entered the forest to flush the tiger out into an ambush before he was shot dead about 3.15pm uh, local time. Uh, back in the olden days, we would call that a bush beat. Remember we talked about that with the chomp white tiger? They'd do a beat, they'd go through the bush and uh, flush it out. Val, uh, Valmiki Tiger Reserve Director uh, Nisha, uh, Neshamani K told the Hindustan Times an autopsy would be conducted on the tiger and its remains would be sent to a wildlife research institute for forensic testing. Before knowing anything else about this, I'm going to just make a guess that this tiger has some kind of injury uh, to its teeth or claws that prevent it from attacking uh, its regular prey. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that potentially that injury was caused by humans hunting or deforesting because uh, that happens quite a lot. Nearly 225 people were killed in tiger attacks between 2014 and 2019 in India, according to government figures, which is low um, when you consider like what it historically has been. Obviously, Chompawat, 360, uh, three, uh, 436 kills uh, over a few years just by one tiger. And then you've obviously got stuff like the Leopard of Rudraprayag and all these other big cats in India. So that's obviously down, but it's obviously also not great. 225 people, it's a lot. Conservationists blame the rapid expansion of human settlements around forests and key wildlife corridors for the increase in human-animal conflict. India is home to around 70% of the world's tigers, and the tiger population was estimated to be 2,967 in 2018. There you go. That's a very modern man-eater story right there. It's, uh, you know... One day we're going to look back at this, and he'll probably make the list. Uh, nine people—that's that's enough to put you on the you know the top. Uh, what do you call it? The, the leadership board of the um, man-eating animal, serial killer animal list. Um, yeah, interesting story. That, that, that was a while ago, um, but I think it is worth you know mentioning. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, can you imagine if you're this tiger and you're like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just take this little girl, yum, 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 yum. And then the next thing you know, you've got 200 dudes on fucking elephants just like coming through your house trying to flush you out. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like I said, I would I would bet money that there is some injury that's caused this animal um, that makes it like habituated to eat uh, and kill humans. It's not normal behavior. They don't normally go for humans. Um but yeah, you know, I, unfortunately in this case it, it did and uh, it ended up dead. So yeah, it's very sad. Look, we're going to take a little break now, guys. We'll come back after the break with some more news articles. Uh, go to the toilet, have a wee, have a glass of Chardonnay. Oh, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Maybe we'll have some ads. If you hear an ad, buy it, buy it, do it. Be a capitalist. Come on, baby. You can do it. Okay, break time. back did you buy some products did you hear an ad did you buy whatever they were selling you god damn it you bet you better have man come on please please do uh, you know odds are there was no ad there anyway and i'm just kind of getting upset for, for no reason um yeah but if you do hear an ad you know you should click the link that they're telling you to click or, or whatever because it'll help me out um also do the patreon thing okay <laughs> let's get back into the stories uh our next story um we have oh this is an interesting one okay so this is kind of like a follow-up story it's from over a month ago um a queensland inquiry uh hears that fatal crocodile attack likely involved two reptiles this is really interesting this if this is true this is the first time in australian history this has happened uh, this is written by the guardian i cannot see a byline um so unfortunately i cannot give credit to this person do not at me do not threat at me you can tweet at me because i'm not there but you do not threat at me okay queensland inquiry his fatal crocodile attack likely first involving two of the reptiles government researcher tells coroner investigation he had never ever heard before of a human being preyed on by two crocodiles this will be interesting if it's true the death of a fisherman taken from a boat and eaten by two crocodiles in northern Australia marks the first time a human has been preyed upon by more than one of the reptiles the Queensland Environmental Department believes. On the 11th of February 2021, experienced sailor and angler Andrew Hurd and his partner Erica Lang were moored near a creek on Hitchinbrook, a large and uninhabited island just off North Queensland's Cassowary Coast. It was a trip the pair had made every year for a decade. A coroner's investigation into Hurd's death heard that the couple lunched before uh, lunched aboard their yacht before he set out on his fiberglass dinghy for a nearby creek at about 3 p.m. to fish for barramundi, the prized sport fish for the tropical north, whose natural habitat is roughly synonymous with the saltwater crocodile. 
The tender was just over two meters long and sat very low in the water. The 68-year-old retiree told his partner he would be about an hour. When he failed to return by 4 p.m., she raised the alarm and mustered a search party. At about 2:30 p.m. the next morning, a friend heard, heard sorry, a friend found Hurd's dinghy capsized about 200 meters down the creek. A large chunk of its hull was missing. There were tooth marks on the boat. Queensland's environmental department then became involved in the search and found the next day a human leg in the creek. The department's crocodile management team killed a saltwater crocodile, dissected it, and found human remains inside its stomach. At 4.86 metres long, the male crocodile was more than twice the length of Herd's boat and almost just as wide. The next day, the team killed a 2.85 metre female crocodile and recovered more remains. Tattoos, oh God, <clears throat> tattoos, general facial appearance, and DNA testing confirmed both sets of remains were Herd's, the investigation was told. Dr. Matt Bryan, a crocodile researcher for the Environment and Science Department, told the coroner, Christine Roney, that the damage to the mangroves near the water's edge of the site of the attack suggested Heard had desperately tried to escape the attack. But given the size of the male crocodile, the fisher had almost no chance of survival once attacked. The size of Heard's boat had offered next to no protection. Brian said that the sea turtle remains found inside the male crocodile indicated he was probably a seagoing hunter of large prey such as dugong, while the crab pots found in the female suggested she was more of a scavenger. While it is not unusual that a male crocodile would share a large meal with another female, to my knowledge this is the first time that two crocodiles have been recorded predating uh, uh, on a human anywhere, Brian wrote. The attack occurred during crocodile breeding season and dominant males would generally tolerate females in their ter territory. The coroner investigated... Sorry, the coroner's investigation also heard the concerns of Lang for the danger posed to fishers by the violent and predatory nature of the fatal attack on her partner. Based upon the evidence, Lang believed that Hurd was sitting on the boat, not standing when it was moving. Hurd was an experienced was experienced in cro crocodile habitats and unlikely to have been provoking or drawing attention to himself. Crocodile attacks in Northern Australia have been rising over the recent decades as now as they are now sorry as the now protected apex predators continue to rebound after they were nearly wiped out from hunting that continued into the late 1970s. The government removed about 50 problem crocodiles annually, but the population management remains a hot topic in the tropics. A recent proposal to remove more large crocodiles from Queensland's populated far north coast drew criticism as a silent cull, with one crocodile expert arguing it could actually put more people at risk of an attack. There you go. Interesting story. Yeah, if that, if that is true, um, which, I mean, there's no reason to believe it's not true yet. That's a, uh, that's a world first in crocodile behavior, or at least a world first that's been recorded. Uh, damn, that's, oh, there's just something about the idea of, like, finding a dude's tattoo... <laughs> And his face inside a crocodile is just a little bit, um, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit horrific, isn't it? Um, it's uh, yeah, it makes me think of the movie we watched last week, Rogue, uh, with that crocodile stalking people. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, it's unlikely that he was drawing attention to himself or you know, um, uh, agitating the crocodiles. You never know, like you're in their territory. I think that's that's a big part of it. Just being there is agitating for these animals. So. Obviously not victim blaming and not saying it's it's his fault at all. Um, he he's allowed to fish, but uh, yeah, I think it's a bit it's a bit silly to say oh there's no way he could have been um, agitating these animals uh, when just your presence near them is an agitation. Um, of course he probably didn't know they were there, but then they they, do, they must know where these crocodiles live. They must know that like you're fishing for barramundi. That's part of the the crocodile's diet, I believe. Um, yeah. Generally, it's a sad story. Anyway, okay. Let's move on a little bit uh, to a sea lion attack. We don't get these a lot. This one's interesting. Uh, the New York Post reports this uh, July 8th, so just a few days ago. Patrick Riley writes, Sea lion, possibly poisoned by toxic algae, bites teen swimmer twice off <laughs> twice off in uh, Southern California Beach. SoCal. That's Southern California, right? Yeah, I think it is. A 14-year-old boy was bitten twice by a sea lion that may have been sickened by a local toxic algae bloom while he was swimming in Del Mar, California on July 4th. Dane Blair was spending the holiday at the beach with his family on Tuesday when the sea lion, about 30 feet away, made eye contact with him. 
and quickly dipped below the surface the teenager sold NBC San Diego. That's crazy. Okay. Next thing I know, it takes a big bite out of here on my leg, Blair told the outlet, pointing to his right knee. Before the marine mammal wasn't, but the marine mammal wasn't done. It then took a chomp at his behind. It definitely hurt my butt because it took a big, big bite, said Blair, who will start high school this fall. He tried to flee to shore, but the sea lion refused to let go of his rear end, he said. Oh man, he got bit on the ass. That's hard. Once he reached the sand, he was able to finally wrestle himself loose and run towards his family, he said. Blair's father, Brian, took photos of the wound. The sea lion's teeth broke through Blair's bathing suit and skin, causing bleeding, but the team did not require stitches. After the attack, the sea lion remained on the remain in the, that's so bad remain in the surfs as the waves slapped against him i just like this sea this sea lion taunting him lifeguards noticing something was off with the animal phoned SeaWorld, who captured the animal and are trying to nurse it back to health it looked really tired its eyes were closed and its mouth was twitching blair said his father noted it clearly wasn't doing too well a SeaWorld spokesperson told the bullet uh, told the outlet, sorry, that it appeared that the sea lion is experiencing poisonous effects of an algae bloom off the San Diego coast. Fish are happy to eat the algae, but the animals that eat the fish can be impacted, according to SeaWorld veterinarian Kelsey Herrick. Um, it does change the behavior and cause neurological symptoms and cardiac symptoms in sea lions and dolphins, she told NBC San Diego. Sea lions in Orange County to the north have also been attacking beachgoers, believed to be caused by the same algae bloom. Dr. Alyssa Deming of the Pacific Marine Mammal Center told the outlet that uh, domoic acid from the algae, from the alga, sorry, gets into the sea lions via the food chain and can cause a variety of health problems in the animals. Domoic acid uh, is a neurotoxin that impacts the brain, your hippocampus in particular, and that result in and that results in seizure activity. And those seizures uh, can result in animals acting anywhere from being completely comatose and being unresponsive to very hyperactive, confused, and disoriented. Deming said, "People were bitten uh, on at least three separate beaches recently in Orange County, forcing local officials to put up warning signs of aggressive sea lions." There you go. That is not a story we hear every day. Uh, algae blooms. Everything tries to kill us, man. It, even the algae's fucking trying to get us dead. I can't imagine that algae would be good. So the fish can deal with it, but like mammals can't. So if you, if a dude ate the fish, what would happen? Would he die? I don't know. Not good. Um, not good indeed. Uh, well, it's, I'm glad that he, his wounds were fairly superficial. I'm just looking here. It's very, yeah, they're very minor, um, they're like scratches, essentially. There's nothing there. It tells you a lot. He didn't even have to get stitches. Um, it's just sad. He got attacked on his bottom. <laughs> you can imagine going for a surf. Can you imagine? I, I don't like the ocean, right? I don't like going swimming at the beach. If I was to go in, I'm like, hey, what's, what's the worst that can happen? And then five minutes later, I've got a fucking sea lion eating my ass, dude. A seal eating my butt? That's not good. <laughs> That's not fair to me. What a weird world we live in. <laughs> no. This kid uh, is going to have at least a story. He's going to have scars in his butt. And then he'll take his pants off to show someone and they'll be like, wow, you got scars in your butt. And then he'll lie and say, yeah, I got bitten by a shark. Because being bitten by a sea lion is a little bit, you know, too embarrassing. Um, I hope the sea lion recovers. I hope, um, uh, what was his name? Dane? Dale? D Dane? Dane Blair? I hope he uh, recovers as well. Um, yeah. Fucking algae. I've always hated algae. We've always had an anti-algae stance on this podcast. You know it, I know it, and the American people know it, okay? We've got two more stories left. These are uh, zoo-related stories. One's very fun and cute. The other one's not. Um, see if you can guess which is which. Uh, let's start with this headline. Uh, zoo monkey eats her baby's corpse after carrying it around for days. Do you think that's going to be the cute one or the sad one? Lock in your answers now. It's the sad one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Live science reports. Uh, Henry Baker published this five days ago. Oh, no. The photos. Are oh, God. <laughs> I shouldn't even be joking. This looks so sad. The mother repeatedly tried to catch the dead infant's gaze before throwing the corpse around her enclosure and eventually devouring it. My God. Okay. Oh, a monkey from a zoo in Europe, of course it's Europe, was recently seen carrying around her baby's corpse for several days after it died. 
She then devoured her own child. Aww. The mother's unusual actions may improve her chances of having another child in the future, experts say. In August of 2020, the female drill, Mandrillus uh, Leofenius, uh, why do I read the Latin name? I'm not going to get it right. Uh, it was named uh, Kumasi, gave birth to a son at the Davar Kralove uh, Safari Park in the Czech Republic. But eight days later, the infant died. The cause of death was never determined, but the infant was not deemed to be in poor health when it was born. Uh, Kumasi carried her child's corpse around her enclosure for almost two days and prevented keepers from removing the body, potentially in denial that her offspring had died. Uh, just do a really quick pause there. I've seen, um, there was another video on TikTok. This reminds me of, there was like a chimp and she thought the baby was dead and she was just kind of like sitting there poking at it and nursing it a little bit. Um, she, she, she thought it had died, but it wasn't dead. It just, it came back to life, I guess. And the second that she realized it was alive, she like picked it up and cuddled it and it was really cute. Um, which is like the opposite of this story. Cause this, um, one was dead and she ate it. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, well, potentially in denial that the offspring had died. But towards the end of the second day, things turned ugly as Kumasi began eating her dead baby. She had ingested most of the remains before any... Oh, God. She had ingested most of the remains before the body was eventually removed. No other monkey in the enclosure ate any of the remains. Well, that's good. Researchers who were studying the drill troop... Uh, recorded the entire ordeal. The team described the grim event in a new study published on June 27th in the journal Primates. The paper, oh man, the paper includes video of Kamasi carrying around and eating her child. Warning, some people may find these clips distressing. Well, you know, we're going to have to watch them. It is not clear exactly how many times infant cannibalism has been documented, but it is very rare, said study co-author Elisabetta Palagi, a primate biologist at the University of Pisa, oh, Pisa in Italy. I know that word. In scientific literature, you can only find anecdotal reports, she said to Live Science. This makes the recent incident of the infant cannibalism one of the most well-studied cases to date, she added. In the oh, the video starts auto playing. Why would you do that? Oh yeah, she's just fucking hurling this monkey around. Yeah, that's oh, it's so sad. <laughs> so oh, nature is brutal. God damn it! Imagine taking a little kid to the zoo. We're gonna see the monkeys. Yay! Oh no! <laughs> God damn it. In the days after the infant died, Kumasi kept her infant close to her as many other members of the troop came to inspect the child's lifeless body. The mother may have been grieving for her child, but the researchers suspect that she may actually have been unsure or unwilling to accept that she was dead. He was dead. Kumasi continually put her, uh, put her face in front of the corpse's eyeline as if trying to engage her baby's gaze. Monkeys and apes often inspect the face of their dead babies like this, possibly to perceive the eye movements, Pelagi said. But when the mothers do not receive any feedback from the baby, it probably means something has gone wrong. As time went on and she got no response, Kamasi grew restless and began dragging and throwing the corpse around the enclosure. What followed next, from a human point of view, was a horrific act, but the researchers believe Kamasi had good reason to devour her dead son. Yee, okay, let's hear this reasoning. Imagine saying this in court. Your Honor... From a human perspective, this seems really bad, but I actually had a good reason for killing and eating my son. Um, the quote says, If we consider the incredible reproductive energy investment of primate mothers, cannibalism can be considered to be an adaptive evolutionary trait that helps the mother to recover from energy after gestation. This could be to increase her chances of reproductive success in the future, she added. Right, so it's like she's gaining the energy back by eating it. Interesting. The fact that the mother did not share the carcass with any other members of the group support the hypothesis of the nutritional benefit of cannibalism, Palagi said, because the others were not in need of the additional nutrients. Um, speak for yourself. I'm hungry, said another monkey. Just kidding. This is not the first time infant cannibalism has been explained as a way to increase reproductive success. In 2019, researchers observed a population of white-faced capuchin monkeys in a national park in Costa Rica witnessed a female eating the remains of an infant that had died after falling from a tree. The female was not the infant's mother, but she did give birth to two, but she did give birth two weeks later, suggesting she had only turned to cannibalism to gain extra nutrients for her own offspring. Your Honor, I only ate the small child to help my two childs. 
The researchers of the recent study believe the baby drill's age could also have played a role in it being eaten. The younger the baby, the less likely the mother-infant attachment has to be significantly strong to prevent maternal cannibalism on the dead infant. But the researchers do not believe the monkey's captivity played a role in the death of the infant or the cannibalization of the mother, as the zoo takes efforts to make the monkey's lives engaging, researchers said. Yeah, I might make a suggestion, maybe throw a couple toys in there, because one of the monkeys is playing with its dead baby. This effort extends to other primates in the safari park. For instance, in 2021, keepers set up a large screen in the chimpanzee enclosure to enable the apes to FaceTime with other chimps living in another Czech zoo. That's so fun. The virtual meeting was set up to help replace social interactions with visitors that have been kept away by the COVID-19 pandemic and proved very popular with the chimps. Oh, that's fun. That had a fun ending. Did you know that chimpanzees like to Zoom? I bet they don't. We don't even like to zoom. That's crazy. Can you imagine the chimpanzees like, like, oh, good, we don't have to have deal with those fucking people staring at us and throwing shit at us and yelling and clapping and cheering when we eat our own shit. They're out of here. They've got some kind of disease. And then they make you fucking face call your other, your, your weird cousins and have a zoom hangout and play the wordle. God damn. Interesting, interesting stuff. Obviously very sad. That poor monkey. Oh, I feel bad for the mom. Yeah. All right, we have got one story left, gang rang. Uh, this one's a cute one. We've had a lot of death and destruction today. Let's talk about something cute. San Diego Zoo has had its first baby red panda since 2006. Oh, yay. I hope it doesn't eat anyone. Um, okay, no, this is supposed to be just a cute... Wait, what? There's no article? Are you fucking joking? This, it's just a video. Oh, man. <laughs> Courier mail. Come on, fucking Queensland. Let me see if I can find an actual article on this. I, I opened it up thinking that there was an article there. Um, but no, it was just a goddamn... <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Let's see. Uh, let's see if the Courier mail... Um, is that who we were just talking about? The... Yeah, that's the Courier mail. Um... The Chronicle. Let's see if they have an article on this. All right. Is this just going to be another video? God damn it. All right, well, let's listen to the video. Let's see if that's interesting at all. The video doesn't play. All right, gang. So I tried to make this... Oh, it does play. Okay, San Diego Zoo has had its first baby red panda since 2006. I'm reading the uh, subtitles. They're having little kisses. It's very cute. The video is buffering. Guys, this is not working out like I thought it was going to work out. My God. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> so bad. So bad, guys. This is so unprofessional. I really thought I had an article, but it's just a video. But it's very cute, though. Um, yeah, the baby red panda is very sweet. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> is that the end of the episode? Are we done? Surely not. Surely not. Let me, um, let me see if we can find another story to end on. That's so underwhelming. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, let's look at this. Um, baby okapi born at Chester Zoo may help preserve rare species. Um, okapi, by the way, it's like a weird crossbreed between a giraffe and a, and a, and a zebra, I'm pretty sure. A baby okapi, one of the world's least known and understood species, has, has been welcomed at Chester Zoo to the delight of conservationists. The stripy mammals are only found in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and the newborn has been named Arabi after a village in the country. Only 10,000 okapi remain in the wild, and many are kept on a reserve in the Central African country. Hannah Owens of Chester Zoo said, Okapis are one of the least known and understood species on the planet, so every birth is an incredibly special event indeed. The, half, the calf will become a vital part of the global population of a species and is already showing lots of personality. Chester Zoo is offering visitors an okapi experience with the chance to spend 45 minutes in the enclosure and 20 minutes feeding the animals. Miss Owens added that the Arabi, that Arabi had been bonding with her mother, Katusha, and that the calf is now six weeks old. Mom has been doing a fantastic job of feeding and nurturing her calf every day, and now she has a little bit more confidence, Arabi decided it was time to explore the outside world. It didn't take long before she was confidently stretching her legs in the sunshine. So, what are Okapi? 
Uh, I was going to start looking this up anyway, but the uh, article has done a great job by putting that in. Known as the giraffes of the forest, okapi are the have the very long necks, but their coloring is more like that of a zebra. Male okapis have furry horns called uh, ossicones, which are like that of the giraffe. They eat more than 100 types of plants, including leaf, barks, and fruit. Okapi are shy creatures and eluded official internationally recognized discovery until 1901, with their stripes helping camouflage them in trees. They are, however, endangered with commercial logging, open cast mining, agriculture and human settlement threatening their habitat and population. They can also be hunted for meat. Well, I mean, to be, sorry, that can be any animal. They can also be hunted for meat. That's every animal could also be hunted for meat. <laughs> Conservationalists in British zoos work with projects in the Democratic People's Republic of Congo uh, to help the Okapi. The species is a national animal to the DRC and it is featured on their banknotes. Now, before we leave, I was I was curious. This might be one of those like weird childhood things that I thought um, that has just been wrong forever. I thought that the Okapi was actually like a offspring of a giraffe and a zebra. But now that I think about that, is that even possible? Is that even possible? I don't. It doesn't say anything about them being like that. There, are, there are some animals uh, like a hybrid. That's what's called a hybrid. Um, let's see if I, are the okapi a hybrid. Someone's already asked that. Someone said the same um, question as me. A shark. It is not a hybrid or cross between two animals, but a distinct species all on its own. Wow. I must have read when I was a kid that Okapi uh, were giraffe and zebra hybrids, but they're not. Okay, now my question is, do am I thinking of another animal? Do zebras and giraffes have babies? <laughs> I'm probably the first person to ever ask this because I'm so fucking stupid. Um, no. <laughs> no, they don't. I, I, oh, wait. No, come on. Um, what is the crossbreed? No, okay. Okapis look like a cross between giraffes and zebras. In fact, they are only living relative to giraffes. So no, they are not. Okay, there you go. Well, we've learned something. I feel very stupid. I always grew up thinking, because I must have read in a book somewhere that they are related, um, because they're like a hybrid of the two animals, but they're not. Well, there you go. Guys, that'll be our episode today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, joining us for this nice little relaxed fit of just uh, zoo news, we'll call it. Um, I appreciate you stopping by. I hope you're having a good life. Um, just take it slow. You know, I, I had to say this to, I don't know if you know this, I work with a lot of young people and uh, a lot of them were stressing the other day about exams and what am I going to do when I leave school and blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Like, I just had to say, man, just take it easy relax. It'll, you know, put some effort in. It's fine. But, you know, th things will happen when they're supposed to happen. There's no rush. You don't have to do anything on anyone else's schedule. You know, just just be you. Make yourself happy. Make the people around you happy. And, uh, and everything will work out fine. And I think that's good advice. So it's good advice to you. So whatever you're struggling with at the moment, whether it's a career thing or a relationship thing, uh, just, you know, take it easy. Just try to make yourself and make others happy. And that's all you can do. And uh, yeah, things will work out the way that they're supposed to work out. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And I will see you next week with another episode of Man It Is. But for now, please, 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 please stay safe. Because as we've learned, it's a jungle out there.